Welcome back to the Fourth Light Podcast. Today we are continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount. As a reminder, the format is that I will be reading a sonnet I wrote as a part of my children's compilation, and then expounding on the poem and discussing. The eleventh sonnet that I have written is represented by the gem Jade. It covers Matthew six twenty-five through thirty-four, which is about not worrying, and Matthew seven seven through eleven, which discusses asking and seeking and knocking. Jade is uh, generally a greenish gem. It is particularly popular in Asia, and it was thought to be representative of you know the scholarly mind or something imperial. It was thought to increase the longevity of life, and um, this poem will hopefully be kind of representative of, of those things as uh, I think it is a, a very, very complex poem. It's probably my favorite of, of the 12 that I've written. Uh, it's at least in the top two or three. And I, I don't know about sound, as far as the sound goes, but as far as the meaning and entendres and, and you know double triple meanings all that stuff i i really really like this poem so hopefully you enjoy it as well in life the only certainty we get is that death for each of us is assured we like the gods ensure through jade rabbit our destinies sufficiently ensured but pestle and mortar cannot concoct a cure for pestilence which mortifies Impending doom our sacred lives to frocks, and minds and time to lunacy it drives. What can we prize in this life's vaporous glory? Truth, a lowly and humble parapet. Our choice, to bay as beasts in furore, or put truth in our pipes and smoke it. Worry not, for tomorrow is its own, an emperor is seated on his throne. So the ancients supposedly saw a jade rabbit in the moon with a mortar and pestle. Don't believe me? Look it up, uh, and and people will kind of outline the image for you. But that's where uh, this idea of jade rabbit comes from. Because uh, if you look at the moon, especially different nights and different places, it kind of has a greenish hue to this, uh, I guess they were the uh, Moreas or whatever you call Marias, I don't know. The like sea-like things uh, that that people thought were on the moon, um, but it has this shape of a jade rabbit with a mortar and pestle, and this rabbit, supposedly in mythology, mixed the elixir of life for the gods. So you have all these stars and all these these heavenly beings out there, and the rabbit on the moon was mixing the elixir of life that he then divvied out to to the gods represented in the stars. Like the gods, we seek immortality. We seek control over our destiny. And all of that is kind of wrapped up into the first stanza. There's also a, at least a double entendre there where you know, coming out of the video game world, there's a video game named Destiny. And in the video game Destiny, there's a weapon called the Jade Rabbit. So it's also kind of a, you know, uh, a calling back to my violent roots because it's a it's a shooter video game there um but anyway it was just a, a fun thing i put in then we move on to the second stanza and there is a lot of symbolism in the second stanza stanza so 
as I said, the, the Jade Rabbit supposedly had this pestle and mortar in his hands, which represented the elixir of life. Um, but I changed the words pestle and mortar um, to become pestilence and mortify, symbolizing death. So basically, this, this rabbit mixing this elixir of life has no power because uh, pestilence and mortification will eventually take over and destroy us. He is ultimately powerless. Any, any attempt to gain immortality will not work here. I also talk about in this, this uh, stanza this idea that recognizing our mortality drives us to lunacy. And lunacy, of course, is a, another nod at this, um, this idea of the moon, because uh, lunacy comes from luna, which is, which is moon. Um, and, you know, we still have some of those ideas today where we think that at full moons the kids uh, in schools start to go crazier and act out. So lunacy as a nod to the, the moon language here. So in essence, our seeking of control can do nothing to ensure our destiny and our immortality. Instead, our lack of control, if we realize it and dwell upon it, drives us to insanity. So third stanza, some more complexity here. Um, this is nearly a direct quote from an ancient Chinese poem called The Old Dust by um, this guy, in this Chinese man, named Li Bai. I think that's how you say it, Bai. Uh, B-A-I. Uh, or Li Po, or Li Bo. I mean, he's got, like, names that you could pronounce in three or four different ways, like nicknames and stuff. But anyway, when, when I first saw it, it looked like Bay, B-A-I. That's how I would have pronounced it. And so, um, this line referenced is is uh, the line that I reference in my poem is the last line of his poem. And uh, he says, Lipo says, what is there to prize in the life's vaporous glory? And I only changed, changed it here uh, in my poem to fit the iambic pentameter of the sonnet format. But in Poe's poem, uh, it's largely about how short our lives are and how the finitude of our lives seems to make those lives purposeless. And I incorporated his poem for a number of reasons. Um, so the author, as I first understood his name to be pronounced, Li Bei, or how it appears to be pronounced, uh, is a play on this idea I talk about beasts baying to the moon in Furori, right? So Li Bei, if that's how you would say it or look at it, uh, is a play on this idea of um, beasts howling, right? And you think of wolves howling at the moon. So it's more moon imagery as well as imagery about us in our mortality being basically beasts, finite beasts. But I also liked uh, Poe's reference because uh, it, talk, it, it reminded me of James, right? Life is, is a vapor. I mean, w our mortality is ever before us and it's just fleeting. And so Poe's line there was just perfectly fitting for um, for this. In this third stanza, I also talk about how truth is not really a guide. Um, it it strikes me as not ironic. I don't know what the the word is for it, but 
especially have a lot of a lot of atheists and skeptics who who are so hell-bent on truth thinking that that truth is what provides sanity but no i'm i'm more convinced that um if people really acknowledge the truth that leads towards like despairing nihilism or or hedonism hedonistic nihilism i guess like just kind of well i'm just gonna enjoy what i've i've got right now because there but even that there's really ultimately no point like if you really dwell on it and and even the atheistic community um viewing the world as they have to which is which is largely mechanistic i mean even if you even if you embrace embrace quantum physics and it's it's random complete randomness well randomness doesn't infuse purpose that's random like it's just random mechanisms, which I know is is kind of like an oxymoron, but um, it's still not really. It doesn't get get you what you want. You don't get the free will, and you don't get this uh, love and and all of this other high minded sort of thing that that something like more of a, a soul or um, or religion can get you. And of course, that that doesn't mean that religion is right. It doesn't mean that Christianity is right. But but truth is is not this guide that keeps us on the rails. It doesn't keep us from going over the edge, from over the parapet. When when we see our finitude and we recognize our mortality, um, that truth in and of itself is not what what keeps us from going over the edge. And we have a few ways that we can choose to deal with that truth. We can choose to live like beasts, as was already referenced, these these finite beasts, and just uh, live on our animal instincts and natures and just kind of go with it. We can choose to go over the edge, of course. We can choose to, to let it take us over the parapet. Um, or we can put truth into our pipes and smoke it. And that's, that's kind of a, a play on the phrase, right? You can put that in your pipe and smoke it. Like, you just kind of bite the bullet, I guess, as they say. And, and this is sort of doubly entendreic as well, because you know, put it in your pipe and smoke it, just deal with it. You just kind of put your head down and go through it. It's sort of an ignorant, um, ignoring option. But then there's also, if you put it in a pipe and smoke it, right, thinking of, like, peyote or marijuana or whatever right it can it, it's that um sort of the same route as ignoring it but would be numbing it right ignoring it through um you know seeking pleasure or money or literally drugs like whatever but those are those are kind of the options that you are you're left with when you are faced with your mortality when you are faced with the truth of what life really is. Then there's the Christian option, right? Worry not, for tomorrow is its own, and emperor is seated on his throne. There is a kingdom, an eternal kingdom, and there is a king who is an eternal king who reigns in power now. And we have a promise of uh, a share in that eternity and that immortality and we don't have to worry because um, 
this life is not all that there is. So, that's good news. That's it. Uh, that's all for now. So, peace. Because I'm a pacifist. When I say it, I mean it.